We are continuing our systematic study of Paul's letter to the church in Rome. The last time we looked at the first half of the fourth chapter, where we saw Paul making the case that Abraham was justified, declared righteous by his faith. Not the exercise of faith as an act of works. I'm not talking about that. Some people will even look at that. Well, my faith is work. You know, it's an act of works. No, we're not talking about that. Uh, not, a, not talking about trying to earn spiritual points or favor, but simply the belief in the sufficiency of God. Period. Full stop. I believe God. Period. Full stop. As Paul wrote in the third verse, uh, this is just a bit of a review. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. I encourage you, uh, again, I hope you brought paper and pencil again. The downside of having e-bulletins is that you don't have a ready piece of paper that you can write in and, and take notes with. Uh, so either jot it down, if you got great memory, that's wonderful. Um, Paul systematically, in this fourth chapter, he systematically tears down any construct that would suggest even slightly, even remotely, that our righteous position, our rightness in the eyes and presence of God is somehow, some way earned, inherited, or deserved. If, if you don't get anything else out of the fourth chapter, it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, the, 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 the contemporary meme, I got nothing. You know, we need to approach God in that way. I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, so in the third through the eighth verse, Paul argues that our righteousness has nothing to do with any religious work or activity. Our righteousness has nothing to do with any religious work or activity. And starting at the ninth verse, he writes that righteousness has nothing to do with circumcision. In this blessed, is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then, he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but who also follow in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Again, what Paul is simply saying is, one, righteousness is through faith apart from works, and two, Righteousness is through faith apart from circumcision. It's apart from works and it's apart from circumcision. So today we want to begin looking at the third thesis point uh, introduced by Paul. And it's simply righteousness through faith apart from the law. Verse 13. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. 
For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing, and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath. And there is no law, there, and where there is no law, there is, trans, trans, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also that those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. I've shared before, I share now. Uh, a word that's often repeated in text ought to catch our attention. A word that's often repeated in text ought to catch our attention. So if you, if, if you read along with me, in this case, in just these four verses, we see the word translated promise used three times. Promise. You'll see it used three times, and you'll also see it in the 20th and the 21st verse. Promise. Promise. Uh, it's not only a declaration to do something, but it carries with it the, uh, an implied obligation to, to see that it gets done. Say that again. It's, it's, it's not only saying I will do something, but I'm going to ensure that it gets done. How many times? Usually it's with a, a conversation with parents and kids. Uh, are you going to do X, Y, and Z? Clean up your room? Get better grades? Do such and such? I promise. I'll do it, I promise. Okay, well, we'll, we'll go, I'll give you the reward now uh, because you promise that you will do what you said you will do. Uh, how many times have those promises been made? How many times have those promises been unfulfilled? A whole lot. That's not the case here. Paul writes that because of Abraham's faith, God extended his righteousness along with certain promises. And when God makes a promise, it's a done deal. When God makes a promise, it's a done deal. As God said through Balaam, Numbers 23 and 19, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God's promise. Uh, if you read through Genesis, you'll see that God promised Abraham he would have an incredible number of descendants. He promised him land. He promised him that the entire world would be blessed through his faith. In fact, his heirs would inherit the earth. So here's the cool thing. What started with Abraham continued down through the generations, through millennia, and extends to us today, both Jew and Gentile. But, but here's the deal. Look, look at the text. Don't miss the warning. For those that look to the law for righteous standing, faith is not, a, not in effect. For those that look to the law for righteous standing, Faith is not in effect. The original language is uh, even more emphatic, essentially saying that faith would be emptied of any purpose or value. Faith would be emptied of any purpose or, and value. 
And if faith is not in effect, there's no promise. If there's no faith, there's no promise. This is how one theologian put it. Law and promise belong to different categories of thought, which are incompatible. Law language is, you shall. That's what the law said. You shall obey the speed limit. You shall have no other gods before me. Uh, it demands our obedience. But promise language is, I will. I will. Uh, and it demands our faith. What God said to Abraham was not, obey this law and then I'll bless you. That's how a lot of us think religiously. Obey this law, then I will bless you. But I will bless you, believe my promise. I will bless you, believe me. Believe me. This is a this is a huge deal. This is a life altering deal. Uh, it is it, if if we could grasp this. I know it's it's it's, it's, it's kind of a dense part of, of the of the letter, but this is huge. It's liberating. And why do I know it's liberating? Because I read. I'm a troll on Facebook, and I see your laments. Not you. You're here. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other you. Uh, I see your laments. You know, life sucks. And these are believers. Life sucks. Ooh, we, <laughs> I'm like Timon in the Lion King. Am I the only one here? Is like, am I missing something? What am, what am I missing? What, what am I missing? How often do we see blind emphasis and adherence to a set of rules and st instead of seeing what the set of rules uh, are intended to bring about? I heard that uh, it was emphasized at the word conference that, that I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, when it comes to the, what we call the, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, we skip to Exodus 23 and 20 and 3. This is what you're supposed to do. And we miss Exodus 20 and 2. Uh, we learned I, I, as a child, I mean, I'm guilty of this. I, my parents were guilty of it too. Learn the Ten Commandments. Learn the Ten Commandments. Learn the Ten Commandments. Nothing wrong with learning the Ten Commandments, but you miss the basis for the response. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. That precedes the commands. I'm letting you know why you are to do the things I'm asking you to do. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of, saint, uh, of slavery. What am I saying? What am I saying? Promise and relationship are inseparable and our lived response will, ex will reflect the quality of relationship. No relationship, no promise. No relationship, no promise. See, and Paul anticipates what would be a what would be a reasonable question and provides the answer too. I mean, I love this. If the law brings wrath, why have the law at all? If the law brings wrath, why have the law at all? Well, here's the answer. If there's no law, there would be no transgression, and we would be even more unaware of God and his attributes. 
We need to understand why the law is in effect. See, see, God doesn't need to know who he is. He already knows who he is. See, see, it's hard for us to understand because we're born into sin and we're shaped in iniquity. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So a lot of our energy and time is spent on looking and acting good. That's how we spend our time. We, we want to project to others and to God. I mean, we just have this conversation with Paul this morning, Paul Kaiser this morning. We want to project this, 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 this image of, I got it together. You know, and more importantly, God knows, you don't have it together. <laughs> don't believe me? Again, just check out social media. See, see, on the other hand, God doesn't act holy. He is holy. He doesn't behave holy. He is holy. That's, 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 that's just his essence. Um, if the relationship is to be meaningful, it only makes sense that we understand one another. If the relationship is to make any sense at all between us and God, it only makes sense that we understand each other. Well, I've been created. He knows my frame. It's not pretty. Trust me. Uh, in fact, I'm dust. And so are you. God knows you. That's what I always like. You know, God knows my heart. Don't say that. Oh, please don't say that. Don't say it. He knows my heart. It's deceitfully wicked. That's what, that's what the text says. So don't say, oh, he knows my heart. Oh, is that, is that supposed to give you a, that's a prophylactic to give you a pass or something. It's like, no, I don't think so. But on the other hand, we need to take a deep dive into the relational pool if we want to know and experience God's, experience God in ways that we read and sing about and we long for. See, the purpose of the law is to point out transgression and point the way to relational, relational reconciliation and wholeness. It's to point out transgression and then to point us to relational reconciliation and wholeness. So, where are we? Paul writes that one, righteousness is through faith apart from works, and two, that righteousness is through faith apart from circumcision, and three, that righteousness is through faith apart from the law. Paul now concludes with a fourth argument, as one theologian puts it, righteousness through faith apart from sight. Verse 17. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I'm almost done for today anyway. See, it's impossible 
It's impossible for us to fully understand the faith that Abraham and Sarah had to uh, possess uh, concerning the promise of them becoming parents. Pushing a hundred. This <laughs> is like, you're right, whatever. It's, so I'll forgive them for being incredulous. And it's like, are you serious? Are you, come on, God, you got jokes. It's like, by any definition, they were old. And it was impossible. See, but not only did Abraham's faith stand at conception, as the writer of Hebrews lets us know, he was willing to sacrifice his promise. He was willing to give up his promise. You need to hear this because a lot of us have unfulfilled promises in our mind. He was willing to give that up. Why? Because he knew if God promised it, it was a done deal. And if it was necessary to raise Isaac from the dead, he would do that. I won't ask. I won't ask how many would even think about, think about that thing, that child, that, that thing, that, that relationship, that thing, that, that you, you would, would you even dare to think about sacrificing? God rang up your phone, said, Kevin, I need you to sacrifice something that's really dear to your heart. What are we going to say? Well, God really didn't mean that. Sacrifice that? That, that dream? That person? That sacrifice that? Uh, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. This is what you will say. This is what you will say. Well, if God says it, I'll do it. You need to stop saying that, too. You need to stop saying that. I won't, I won't even dare to tempt God, and that's why, see, see, Gail and I, we had a, we had a conversation, and I had to check myself. It was, we weren't going at each other. I was going at, uh, truthfully, it was, it was regarding uh, religious stuff, ministry, if you will. And I said, let me shut my mouth before I, before I say something that God will hear and I'll regret. Oh, God already knows your heart. I understand all of that. I understand all of that. But we will say, God, you know, if you speak, I'm going to do it. We struggle with small group. We struggle with Sunday worship. We struggle with foot soldier stuff. And you're talking about Calvary? Horses? Oh God, I will do I've been good. I've checked all the religious boxes. Is this the way it has to go? I kick 
in a few bucks in the offering pan. I, I do show up, you know, two or three Sundays out of the month. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I feed the hungry. I, I, I do, I, you know, uh, and, and you're saying I have to take your son, your only son, take him to the mountain and offer him up to me. Paul summarizes... Uh, Uh, a real relationship will cause you, I'm thinking of Al Green, but it doesn't quite work. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I won't, but it doesn't quite work. But a real relationship, a real relationship, Molly, a real relationship, it will cause you to do some some stuff you, you would never have dreamed doing. The problem is most of us don't enter into that real relationship. We enter into one that's transactional. You do this, I'll do that. 50-50 love, you know? <laughs> By definition, that's not love. But we bought that hook, line, and sinker. Well, that's, you know, see, see, reason I'll do this. Gosh. Paul, Paul summarizes it. Let me, let me just, 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 the preachers would say, honk this thing off. Let me just, just finish it up. This is why it is credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. As one theologian writes, it seems we are always trying to get right with God on the basis of good works, such as an ethical lifestyle or involvement in church. Abraham is our example too. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness us as well. Belief in the saving work of Christ is the only basis for salvation. Belief in the saving work of Christ is the only basis of salvation. And I am promising I'm closing. Uh, faith is not ignoring what seems to be impossible. That's, faith is not ignoring that. Faith is seeing what seems impossible and looking to the promise. That's what faith is. Uh, we all know that promises vary. Some people can make a promise and you know, and really they know, they ain't going to keep that promise. You know and they know. Hey, well, let's get together. Yeah, we're going to get together. It's like, you know, it's like, you ain't getting, you ain't getting together. It ain't happening. You know, and, I, just, and so that's, we, this is, 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 as Dennis Quaid said in the Big Easy, you know, it's like I wasn't a bad cop, I was just a dirty cop. And so you get these little things that continue to just creep in and it becomes a part of who we are. But on the other hand, when it comes to promises, there is one, as Jude writes, he's able to keep us from falling 
and to present us faultless when we stand in his presence. Now, that's amazing. And I love what Paul said to the Thessalonians. May God himself, not me, not you, not religion, not anything, may God himself, may God himself, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. Check this out. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. I have to repeat it again. Uh, the, the, you're, you're, you're sitting in, if, if there's no other, I mean, this side of eternity, if you've never had any tangible view of a promise that was beyond, it's not, <laughs> there was like no way, no way we should be in this space, in this physical space. None. 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 Talk to the advisor. Talk to Kim. Talk to, talk to Cliff. Talk to Robert Parker. Talk to those where we, we, we sat down and we, as they say, crunched the numbers. And it's like, we can't do this. If I were to tell you where we stand in terms of ownership and, and, and solvency and all of that, you would say, wow, God has done that. God, it's, it's all God. It's all God. Well, 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 well. I, I, you know. We had this discussion. Uh, I, I, and uh, April and, and Kim will, you can ask them as much as they're willing to tell. Uh, we had this discussion with the advisory council uh, about air conditioning. And, uh, and again, I'm, I'll, I'll put this out there. I'll put this out there. Well, you know, we, we have X number of dollars. We can, we can really, like, pay for half of the air conditioning. We can, we can get it. You know, people don't like to be in a warm spot. And, and what were my words? Let's trust God. Amen. Said to Gil, we're gonna get air conditioning. I don't know how it's gonna come. It's gonna come. It's again, it's that cheesy B ticket. It wasn't an E ticket, Disneyland, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. If you just stay on the track, stay in that little bucket, just stay on the track, stay in the bucket. Don't get out of the bucket, don't try and walk around, don't try and push doors open. That little bucket, it comes up to these cheesy little doors, and it looks like, oh. This is the end of the ride. It's going to dead end. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's amazing how the designer of the ride, at the very end, the doors open up and you get to keep moving on. Every time. Every time. Every time. I, I, I'm David now. So I, my middle name is David. So I, have, I once was young. Now I'm old. Wes, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. 
that's why, God, that's why I can testify with confidence when it doesn't look like it's going to work out with my own flesh and blood, with my own daughter. It's like that she struggles with what she's struggling with. I know one thing. She will be healed. She will be healed. Either on this side of eternity or in eternity to come. She will be healed. Relationship and promise are joined at the hip. Stop looking for promises and you've got no relationship. I want. It'd be like me snuggling up to Mrs. Meeks in the middle of the night. It's like, but you've been a hellraiser all day. And she's like, you better get up off of me. What's the matter with you? We want, we, we want, we are so greedy, we are so stingy, we're so inwardly focused, and then God is just saying, just believe me. Just believe me. Won't, won't it just test me. I'll open up the windows of heaven. I will pour out blessings in your life that you won't be able to contain. Just be in relationship with me. I'm done. Pray with me. Our Father, our God. Again, I say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for doing all things well. And thank you for the words that Paul put to parchment. Uh, Father, thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, now as we pivot, give us wisdom and understanding as we have a, even a better depth and understanding of uh, the promise that, that was made from the very beginning, from the garden that was fulfilled, and now we get to live in its fulfillment. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Let every heart say. Amen.